The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags and Greg the Barbecue Broker DiGiorgio. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe in Salem, New Hampshire. It's Pit Life Barbecue Podcast, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that you normally talk around the pit. As always, I'm joined by the Barbecue Broker. Yes, sir. Hi, buddy. Hey, pal. What is happening? Uh, how was delivering the mail in the snow today? What snow? It didn't start snowing until today. On the way up. Yeah. You had oh, a little flurry yeah, here and there, but that didn't count. It, yeah, but your heat if it was, doesn't stick, it don't count. Yeah, but your heat has been broken, I guess. Now I got a new truck. I, I, I threw my my truck wrote my truck up last night, so they took that away. They like you at work, apparently. They give you new trucks whenever you ask. Oh, they're not new. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. New to me. Mm. <laughs> this truck is still 25 years old. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> so what's going down? Oh, not a hell of a lot. My smoker has been delayed a day. So the, get, the stalk is on the way, though. Get it out of the way, so we don't have to talk about it, though, because of pit anxiety, like you read about. They push it till tomorrow at 1 p.m. It's supposed to be picked up in an hour. They're picking up two other cars, and they're bringing it here. I'm first to be, last to be picked up, first to be dropped off, so. Okay. I should have it by next Monday, I would think. Okay. Until then, I won't sleep. No big deal. You don't sleep now. You texted me, you text me at like 3 o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Sleeping. That's what realtors do. We sleep late and we work late. Nice, nice. Yeah. So we, I'm excited today. So we got to chit-chat through. Woo. But today's show is, is brought to you by... It is and always brought to us by Uncle Steve's Shake. Hey, did you ever stop to wonder when your neighbor has a barbecue, he's got a line of people just waiting to get in his backyard. But yet when you have a barbecue, nobody's coming. The simple answer to that question is that your neighbor is using Uncle Steve's Shake, and apparently you're not, which means one thing, you better get you some. Look, Uncle Steve's Shake is handmade, using only the finest ingredients, and now comes in actually over eight amazing flavors, including the new competition line. If you can eat it, Uncle Steve has a shake for it. If you have any shake questions, Uncle Steve has fantastic customer service. They'll talk you through all your shake needs. It's time to take your backyard barbecue game to the next level with Uncle Steve's Shake. Shake some on everything. Very nice. Hey, check them out, UncleSteveShake.com. And today's show is also brought to you by... Two Guys, our friends at Two Guys Smoke Shop and TwoGuysCigars.com. Whether we are barbecuing or not, we always keep the smoke rolling, thanks to our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Today we are smoking the CLE. Mm-hmm. Delicious. 1118. Thanks to our friends from TwoGuysCigars.com. We get to smoke some of the best cigars in the world, and so can you. Just visit TwoGuysCigars.com for your perfect barbecue companion. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. Notes of plum, very delicious, I must say. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. CLE Christian, he's awesome. Delicious. Fantastic. So, you ready for this? Well, speaking of fantastic, we have a fantastic guest today. Oh, yes, we do. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you do, oh, like to do the intro? Oh, like, I'm, I'm still giddy. I'm still I know. Giddy. We always talk too much before the guest, and I feel like we have a lot to talk about, a lot of ground to cover. Ladies today. and gentlemen, I am proud oh. to announce our guest to introduce our guest today. Mm. You, man with multiple hats. Many. Uh, butcher. Mm-hmm. Barbecue champion, mm. TV personality, mm-hmm. podcaster. Um, I'm not exactly 100% sure on restaurant tour of how much he has his hands in. I know it's, it's his son mostly, mm-hmm. but you never know. Okay. Uh, hu- husband, father, grandfather, ladies and gentlemen, coming to us from Wellston, Oklahoma. The one and only Mr. David Bosca. Yes, sir. David, how are you? Hey, everybody. Good to have you, David. Johnny, Greg. Good to have you, man. I don't think I realize this. Did you say you're in Salem, New Hampshire? Salem, New Hampshire. No, don't jump the gun. Don't read my notes yet. I actually went back and listened to your episode with uh, our mutual friend, Billy Gillespie, today. And I caught something. (laughs) <laughs> in there and i'm like oh i didn't hear that the first time so yeah. actually okay we'll go right to it you okay. are an oklahoma boy 
But yep. you have a connection to the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> yes, no I do. Kidding. Yes, I do. I used to live there. <laughs> <laughs> You're a former New Englander? Well, I lived there about two years. Okay. Um, work took me up that way. I was uh, one of the first meat markets there with a Sam's Club. When oh, I went to work for okay. Sam's Club, there was only 14 meat markets in the whole company. And I opened up um, Nashua, opened up Seabrook. Mm-hmm. Um, then I kind of stayed in Seabrook, but then I went around on up to Bangor, Maine. And mm-hmm. then we had a club down in um, just right outside of uh, Boston. Opened up that one, and we we did Westboro, Mass, different places okay. down that way. And I ended up going down to Jersey and did one down at East Brunswick, New Jersey. And then I just asked my folks, I've got to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> I was done with the highway world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I when I was listening to it today, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you lived in New Hampshire. I go, how did I miss no that the kidding. first time? You know, because I because when you were talking, you know, obviously your accent and Billy's accent, you know, it was you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference whenever you ask for tea down here, and you go up there and ask for tea, and they hand you a bottle of um, oh goodness, I drew a blank. Get that that canned tea. I forget what it's called. Oh, the Lipton Brisk Lipton. or Arizona, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona, Arizona iced tea. Iced tea. <laughs> that's it, that's it. They hand you that and you look at them and go, no, I want iced tea. We'll pour it over ice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So there is the New Hampshire, yep. New England connection, which was funny. I, I was laughing cool. today when I heard it. Kidding. Yeah. I lived in Epping. Yeah. Okay. Where, yeah. Where the, where the racetrack is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A good cool. seven. Yeah, exit seven off of one hundred and one. You race any of your smokers around the around the track? Or? <laughs> all I took up there was a Weber. <laughs> that's that's good times right there. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, we cooked a few briskets while we were there. <laughs> I remember the grand opening weekend. I bought a case of briskets, and I remember we had to throw three of them away because I bought the other two, and no one up else up there knew what they were. <laughs> out of date. <laughs> yep. That's kind of part of the battle we have, we have here. That's part of our mission. That's it. It really is. We got we we are on a mission to put New England on the barbecue map. Yeah, just to let people know. It's not so much we have our own style of of cooking. It's more or less that we understand the traditions and yeah. the styles and and what goes into, you know, true barbecue. Like I I always say New England is the crock pot. Of mm-hmm. barbecue, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because we have, you know, the Texas style, Memphis style, Carolinas, you know, well, get a little bit of everything. Oklahoma style. Oklahoma style. I have Oklahoma style. The, the you know, the, the Friday night potluck, if you will, of right. barbecue. Right. Try to New honor. England ball. <laughs> exactly. Just trying to honor all the traditions and, you know, maybe give it a little twist here in there of New England flair when appropriate. That's it. So, David, you know? thank you for taking some time to join us. Like I said, I'm very excited. been excited, you know, since last week when we had first spoken and we set up the date. But for anybody who, I don't know, might have been born yesterday and doesn't know who you are, who is David Bosca and what is Butcher Barbecue? Mm. David Bosca is a six foot five um, glute. That's that sums it up. You don't believe me? Ask the wife. <laughs> um, no, I'm a. I was born and raised. I actually live right now, probably three miles from where I was raised on a farm. We was raised on an Angus farm just right down the road. My wife, were actually was raised on a dairy farm probably about a mile from the warehouse right here. Okay. So she was just raised right here on the other side of town. I grew up in this very town right here, went on to cut meat for just a few other companies, come back, opened up my own meat market, did the old fashioned style. We still went out and did the farm kill, slaughtered the meat, um, did it all. That's, mm. that was, that was pretty well it. I did a whole lot of competition archery and mm. blew my back out. That's how I got into uh, barbecue cooking. Okay. It was kind of crazy. My my old male competitive juices were still flowing, and I had to go win at something because I was not winning at the house. Mm. That, that was <laughs> a given. I, I'm not going to win that battle. It nope. didn't matter what happened. So I had to go find someone I could win against. And, well, well let's be real, fellas. It's just going to be guys. Don't <laughs> matter whose wife it is. So, And I uh, took up barbecue, and I never thought that I'd get into it 
ahead of anybody with the, what I knew in the meat world, but I thought I'd come in equal maybe with a few and then pick up some pointers. Mm. And I did. That's, that's where I got started. And I won my first grand champion. I think my second year of cooking and we attended the American Royal that starting that second year. And we never missed it till, um, year before last, my dad passed that, that week. And so for obvious reasons, yeah. uh, but we, we don't miss the Royal. We love it. And yeah, we just, we just keep on cooking, man. I, I just, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Nice. Now, do you, are you, um, I know a lot of guys, oh, I cook barbecue, but I don't even eat it that much. Do you like I, to eat your I, own barbecue? No, I don't eat much barbecue. <laughs> I had a couple friends come in and I met them down at the restaurant Friday and I, I ate a brisket sandwich and a deal of beans. And I told them, I said, this might be the first barbecue I ate since the last contest. <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot of backyard cooking when you're, when you're home, just chilling or? Practice. No, you practice. Like, do you do a lot of uh, practice in the backyard when you're not, you know, um, on the comp circuit or nothing? No, you don't even try to. I I, I try to do some comp or sorry, practice cooking whenever I know I'm. I feel like I'm lagging on something, mm. and so I've got almost three months before our first contest here in Oklahoma. So in March, I'll kick off and I'll start doing some chicken and some ribs. I feel that that's my two weak points. Mm. It's not that the chicken is bad. I just, I think I've went overboard just a little bit with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to tone it down just a tad Mm. and the ribs, my downfall with ribs is it's hard for me to find good ribs. It's just when I think I've got a good outlet that dries up and then I'm looking for the next 90 days and I find another one and, it lasts about 30 days. So I, my, my, my main goal is I've been looking since probably October trying to find a good outlet for ribs that can stay consistent all year long. I think that's the biggest thing with ribs is so what is it finding that, the great product. So finding the great product. Now, what do you look for in that product? What do you – obviously, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of mar- marbling, but anything else that, that you're looking for in a rack of ribs or from a, from a supplier? Yeah, actually, there's a couple little things that I look for. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing I look for is I, I cook on pellets. I'm a pellet head. Mm, we're so talk I about need that. to have talk about great that. big thick ribs to hold up in my cooking cycle in my pellet cooker okay. so that it absorbs enough smoke. Mm-hmm. If I get a thin rib, it'll dry out real bad before it can get the right smoke content that I like. Right. So a thick rib is important. Okay. And then... I also look at the age of the rib. Um, you can kind of tell the age of the pork when you look at the the bones on it. Mm. So I always look for a younger pig, but it's bigger so that I like a younger pig when we're looking, when okay. I'm trying to find them to buy. Interesting. So you could tell that from the bones. About the third bone down from the brisket end, mm-hmm. if it's flattened, almost oval, it's coming from an older um, animal because it actually lays on it longer and throughout its lifestyle. Okay. Um, but if it's a more rounder bone, it's actually going to be a younger pig. But yeah, absolutely, you can tell. And by I know looking. exactly what he's talking yeah. about. Those wide bones. Sometimes you get yeah. those wide bones, and sometimes you're like, where's the wide bones? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I never had a really answer to that. So question. young pigs are open. That's very interesting. That's yeah, and they're cool. all going to weigh about the same. You know, three and a half, four pound for a, a St. Louis, mm. or a say a five to six on a on a full cut spare. Mm. But then you'll also find the younger one that's going to weigh the same thing. So which one's going to be actually a more natural, tender animal? The younger, younger one. one. It didn't take that long to get there. Mm-hmm. So its muscles hasn't been used that much. So, yeah, I always look for that. And then I flip a rib over, and on that skirt meat on the backside, if that skirt meat has marbling in it, then that has stored enough fat that I know it's on the front side and it's just not on the surface. You know, okay. it, it's... It's just like me. You you can cut into my skirt, mate, and I'm going to have marbling clean, clear down to my rib bones. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but if it's if that way, you can tell if the marbling is just on the surface or if it's in the meat. Cut because it. if it's stored away the, the the protein, then you know it's in the meat. That makes a lot of freaking sense. Would never obviously know that. Now that's a butcher thing, right? You know these things there you go. <laughs> because you do this. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it comes to, to the to the really the, one of the first questions. How much in you know in your professional barbecue career? How much 
I don't know, would you call it an advantage almost? Or how much did being a butcher professionally help in your barbecue career? Of, you know, knowing the proteins, knowing the cuts, you know, specific things. Would you actually have like a slighter edge over, you know, just a, a regular comp cook? It's almost a multi-part question, but let's start with when I started. There was a lot of guys out there that knew what a lot more than I do, and there's a lot of guys out there still know more than I do. Now, what I did when I went in, the very first contest I went to, I was injecting meat to where it wasn't real broad spread back then. Mm. I was using product that we was using in the meat markets that I had in the meat market that we were using on multiple things, either in vacuum tumblers or in an injection process. So, you know, in 2006, I was injecting before it was really popular. And that's how I got started with that product, of with our product. So I think it helped me an advantage already knowing and understanding that and already utilizing it way before other people. Mm -hmm. But as far as cooking, no, there was a lot of people knew a lot more than I did as far as the process of cooking. No doubt about that. Um, okay. But the whole process of cooking starts at the meat selection. Yeah, so and so that's, that's absolutely right. And I think important. the big one of the advantages is when we was on pitmasters, whenever whatever they threw at you, I always had something to reference back to mm -hmm. because of I was used to either another protein or something like it. So it was always an advantage, maybe to that point also. Especially for those surprise, you know how they come up with those <laughs> those surprise challenges. That, yeah, like that those if you don't pass snakes and yeah, things just, like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> but like for any weird or odd cuts, right, that they're going to throw at you, you know, like a lamb ass or mutton or whatever, you know what I mean? Just, well, you know, just whatever, just something, just totally a gator or something off the beaten path, you know, it's, it's, it probably would help just having maybe an idea of what those cuts are. I think that would, that's a pretty, pretty good thing to know. So I think yeah. that's definitely helpful. I can see, I can see that being very helpful. Absolutely. Pretty damn cool. We actually have a first question from uh, the chat here, and we're gonna we're gonna jump to uh, cooking whole hog real quick. And Frank Michael asked, "Do you prefer a racing style instead of the butterfly when it comes to cooking whole hog?" When I've cooked a whole hog, it's been laying on its back. Okay, I'm still a believer that whenever we're going to cook one, I want all that moisture to stay in that skin. Mm. I have only done one racing style, and I did it at the house just in case we were throwing one of those at one of the uh, shows. So when I did test it, I was not pleased with that. I wasn't happy with it. So I did flip it back over, and that's all I've ever done ever since. You know, I, I like the race. I like how the racing style looks. You know, it yeah. looks cool, but that butterfly, like you said, the skin's on it. So it racing would be just on the spit, right? Basically, in a spit, or, or you know, or, or they or call it a trotting up, up. Yeah, right. yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. looks right. like you're still standing on all fours. Yeah. Um, I like the butterfly because, like you had said, the skin, it's almost its own bowl. Oh, yeah. So all your injections, your your mops, your yep. seasoning, it's just all there. Helps steam, too, yeah. while it cooks. You're steaming the meat from the skin. And then do you make crackle after with the skin? Do you, are you, do you crisp it up or anything? You salt no. it beforehand to crisp it up or do anything with crackle? Not well for a whole hog? Yeah. No, chop no. Up any Once skin it's cooked, it's cooked. Okay. Um what we ever always did was we just would rub it with some uh, olive oil and that'll help tan it out a little better, mm. but that's all we did to the skin. Okay. Okay. Just use it more of a, as a vessel in pr presentation afterwards. Yep. How'd you get into comp barbecue? I broke my back and couldn't shoot a bow. I thought we went that's, through this. That's, well, <laughs> oh, right. No. Well, right. Right. It, yeah, it takes a couple times, David. Yeah, with no, yeah. no. But honestly, I was just flipping through a little local newspaper and I seen something that said about barbecue competitions. Right. And I told Wilma and everything. I said, you know, I think I could probably do that. I'd like to go watch one. And we went up to Stillwater, which is about 30 minutes north of me and her and I walked around on a Friday night and met a couple guys and we got to chatting with them. And I went back Saturday and walked around and stuck through the turn ins and just 
you know, I was one of those uh, nosy pests that that contest, and I said, I, I, I think I can for, do yeah. that. Yeah, this is what I was looking for. All yeah, right. oh, that's good. And I came home and I bought us uh, an FEC 100 smoker, which is a lot like what we used in the meat shops. We mm-hmm. had the stand up big stainless smokers that we did our bacon, hams, and sausages in. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understood the airflow with that, and I started testing and everything. It was. I I absolutely found a, the Thomas Edison way of cooking chicken and ribs and butts and briskets. You know, there are 99 ways of not to do it, and you find that one way that's good. I, I absolutely <laughs> did a lot of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, just like the barbecue judge, and oh, the, oh, being a barbecue judge is great. You eat all that barbecue. Yeah, but you got to eat a lot of bad barbecue yes. before you get to the good stuff. That's right. <laughs> true, too. That's true, too. It also helps that, I mean, we, we don't really have a ton of comps here in, in the north. I mean, you have the Big Jersey one and maybe one or two in Maine, but you got a lot of options, I think, where you are centrally located for KCBS and Pro Circuit stuff or just – just even amateur comps. We don't even have any amateur comps. Well, we do with, with uh, the Nebs, oh, New, England you, New England Barbecue they got some, Society. Right. They, they have a lot of and the one up in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. But like as far as KCBS, there's really only four in the area, and like one you said is I'm in. We do New a Jersey. brisket comp, and we, they, you know you don't usually see like we're gonna wings have our own. Or the, we, we, we do. We're gonna have to. That's how. That's what we're gonna do. Well, that'd be pretty we have cool. to start our own. We could do that. I'm in. We could do that. <laughs> At least a minor league of, of, of yeah. you know, like a farm team for the, yeah. <laughs> for the big league. So it, it's funny you say that's how you got to your start, David, because that's really how, you know, a lot of us, you know, me in particular, you know, whenever I've, you know, uh, been on our, our friend Steve Ray from the Owl's Nest, mm-hmm. you know, I've been on his show and he's been on ours a couple times and, you know, in we kind of the same answer, you know, how did, you know, Johnny, how did you start barbecuing? You know, I wish I can tell you, you know, I grew up as a kid, you know, pulling at my dad's pant leg at the grill. I've never <laughs> seen my father flip a burger in his life. You know, my mother did the grilling and, mm-hmm. you know, same she was a hell of a cook, but grilling, yeah, it was how she liked it. And yeah. if it wasn't well done, you could get sick from it. You know, so it was, you know, it was eating hockey pucks with with lettuce and tomato. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're they're like, where did you get your inspiration? And I know you've probably heard this a million times, but make it a million and one. I got my inspiration from watching you, from watching Robbie, Myron, Johnny, you know, Diva, you know, everybody. You know, everyone who was on the Pit Masters show was truly my inspiration. You know, um, you know, Lene Oxley, Big Mo, yep. you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. You know, Tuffy and, you know, because sitting there watching, on, you know, sitting on the couch on a weekend watching them because I'd always watch it all day long, you know. I've on seen every episode yeah. for every season, probably two or three times. Oh, anyway. <laughs> and it was one of those things, you're looking at it and I'm like, you know, you know, the famous last words, I think I can do that. <laughs> but on this one, you actually, I was actually did, you know, got into it, you know, started because I was always, you know, grilling on the gasser, you know, burgers, steaks, chicken, stuff like that. But then got into that low and slow methods in the, the briskets, the ribs, and just, you know, literally, quote unquote, shigging you guys from my couch. You know, okay, I'm I'm literally with a notepad sitting on, on the couch yep. and going, As, okay, I'm going to try that t- t- this afternoon. You know, I need this. It, and he need did this. it in person, what C-Mac calls barbecue creeping. Yeah. And you went barbecue creeping. And you were checking on, checking on, before you got into it, you were checking out the scene, getting hyped up for it. That's, it, that's the way to do it. Yeah. We need to get our asses to some of these comp- comps just to... Roll around, bother this guy. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. Bother a bunch I was of people. Bother a bunch of yourself down here at Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we, we will put y'all to work. Yep. <laughs> you oh, can we'll, drive the trailer to the contest and drive it home. I will do all. Hang the, out all I'll do weekend long. All we don't the care. Grunt. I'll do all the grunt work. I will hose blood. I'll do whatever you want. I'll be your apprentice. Yeah. I'll learn. So, so first off, you know, <laughs> thank you for my the start of my barbecue journey. The, you know. The show, our Facebook groups, you know, really stemmed from, you know, watching you guys on TV. 100%. Well, I appreciate it a lot. And we do hear that a lot. 
and it is truly appreciative. And we can tell as a cook, we can tell every time they do a rerun. Absolutely. We get emails. We'll get um, some phone calls. We'll get Facebook messages. And it's very honoring that folks still watch it. So, hey, thank you. Absolutely. Unfortunately, there is one question I I can ask, but really can't because it's officially in market now. Oh, okay. The mud, the barbecue mud. <laughs> yep. Barbecue mud. Oh, yeah. We, we, we talked about this. No, we? I don't have any in here. I thought I did, but yeah, it's barbecue mud. It, there was an episode. It was him and his son Levi. Okay, and they were cooking. I think steaks on one of the, one of the one of the shows. Mm-hmm. And Tuffy had asked, "Hey, what is that?" Because they saw him applying it to the ribeyes. And from I think what you said was all of a sudden behind you, you know, Levi just kind of mumbled. It's barbecue mud. And you came over and went, it's barbecue mud, Tuffy. What the hell is barbecue mud? (laughs) And that was in 2018. And that had a a live thread on one of the archery forums. Yes, there's still forum. I said archery. Good gravy. Um, Barbecue (laughs) forums. Um, And yeah, there's still forums out there outside of Facebook. And it was still live and active this whole time. And we, I, I bet I tried the mud dozen different ways and I could never get it right until I decided let's just liquefy it because it was a paste. Yeah. And the problem I kept having was every time we would apply it, it would come out a little different. It'd be a little less salty. It'd be more salty. It'd be a little intense in flavor. It wouldn't be. And I could never actually understand why and how it comes. But we used it at the house a lot with um, prime ribs. That's where I got started. Mm. And I started using it on my brisket. I loved it. I, I got a lot of top five calls with it. And until we liquefied it, I, I that made it consumer friendly. And yes, it's on the market and it's a hot, hot item. It's not just for beef. My goodness, this stuff is unreal good for vegetables, mushrooms, chicken. I I'm that's one thing I'm actually going to play with it on is some ribs. I'm going to try and apply it on the backside of my ribs for competition this year just to see what it'll do. There you go. Nice. Cuz that's where the tongue hits first. Get that flavor under there. Is that why is that why you versed the top or is it more of a presentation thing? It's a presentation thing also. It's mm. it's a black product and it will discolor that yeah, meat and yeah. And yeah, so I don't want that discoloring, but I want the flavor. Yeah, got it. Interesting. Do you take your membranes off the bottom? Yes, you do. Okay, all but just a little bit. I leave some of it on there, and I take some of it off. Why do you leave some on? Have you ever cooked ribs and had the ribs blow out from the bottom, and they're like, you're like, oh, I've oversteamed them or I've overcooked them, and you not really know why? Yeah, two days ago. Well, <laughs> I leave. Well, let me just. I'll, I'll, Hello, I've, I think I've, I flipped the computer around. Let me just give you a little visual, an Oklahoma visual, All okay? Right. That right there. Yep. Yep. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you looking at the mud? I don't know if you can see this. Oh, yeah. Nah, you can't. I'll leave it alone. Anyway, where the rib bones are sticking down that very bottom, Yep. I leave about three-quarters inch okay. of the membrane along that very bottom edge, Okay. and that just cooks right off. It peels right off and goes away. There's not a problem with that. Okay. Never has been. Good. But that just holds those bones in and keeps them from uh, burning out the backside. That's why. Okay. That's a, that's a pro move right there. Absolutely. Hold on. Yeah, go write it down. <laughs> That's a, so now, is that a, is that a comp trick or is that just a no? I've, I've used it in competitions for several years now. Badass, nice. Badass. So with the pitmasters shows, you know, what was your you know overall experience with the whole process and the whole filming and everything? The first series we did, I think we did three or four shows. I, mean, I love doing them. They're absolutely fun. They will wear you smooth out. They are so, they, they will make you very tired. Mm. Um, the first day I'll give you a breakdown of it. How, okay. how it all works. Sure. Awesome. We 
you show up, you're, you're in casual dress. There's nothing special. You get set up. And the very, very, very first one we did, we had to meet at a hotel because you have to remember, this is actually a game show. You don't think of it that way, but it's a game show for money. Maybe not just like Jeopardy, but you know, mm-hmm. it's not quite that kind of dollars, but we, so if you bet on it or if you release the information of the game show, people bet on everything. And so if it can be traced back to you, the federal government, since the game show laws went into effect back in the 60s, they will levy a million-dollar fine against whoever they can find that released that information. That was determined, that was dictated to us through a third-party person that was with the game showing community. I, I'm not sure who he was with, mm-hmm. but we had to sign contracts stating all this in, that we understood the rules. And anytime during the show, if a rule got changed because it didn't, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out to say it didn't work for someone because they had a broken leg and couldn't make it in for some reason or another. Okay. They would change your rules. Well, they would literally retype it and bring you a new set of rules. You need to type, you need to sign this new set of rules. Through the finale we did with Lene and Rod, I'll bet we signed three, maybe four different contracts. Wow. I never get, you never get a copy of any of them. Like, can (laughs) I get a copy then? They're like, no, you don't need one, but you need to get that signed. We need to keep going. That's what I tell my clients when they sign listing agreements. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there's things like that, that people don't realize, but day one, you, you show up, you get going and they just kind of will, um, get you familiar with your area, get that. And if there's a long cook, they are not there to change your way of cooking just for television. Okay. Let's say like, let's say you get like a, uh, that big green ham. We got the, uh, whole ham. Mm-hmm. They aren't there to make everybody's smoker fit into a six hour cook window. They still want good food for the judges. So day one um, and in this part is timed um, at noon. They're going to say, okay, you will not receive, or you will not even find out what your short cook is. We will give you this green ham. And at noon, everybody can get started at the same time. Okay. So we're all sitting around. We do what we do. Then the next morning and whatever time you start, let's say seven in the morning, they'll say now at seven in the morning, we're going to show, we're going to give you the ice chest and we you will see your short cook for the first time but here's your green ham. We just need you to say, this is how we want to cook it for this 12 hours we got today. Even though the food that you're going to present to the judges has already been cooking so that it is still properly cooked. If you're like me, as a pellet head, I have to cook a lot slower than someone cooking direct. Yeah. Okay. They could start whenever they wanted. I could start whenever I wanted. The, the The purpose of the show is to turn in great food and get judged. Now we would do good recipes for the show on all the short cooks. It was it was live. But then when they give you the long cooks, they would ask you to do a mock injection, a mock rub, a mock breakdown, whatever you wanted to do. And we're going to have you put this in your cooker and. Everything you do, you got to do six times, it seems like. We need a camera guy standing here facing you while you do it. We need one over here at this angle. We need one over your shoulder. So you got to do the same thing like six times. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay? It's fun. It's exhilarating. But, my gosh, it's very exhausting having to do the same thing so many times. Yeah, yeah. that's what that's what Robbie Robbie Royal and uh, Junior Urias both had said when they were on. You know, yeah. you know, we got this. Next thing you know, they bring you another brisket. Okay, now trim it up, and because now we're going to film your hands and film you talking yeah. with how you're doing. And he goes, yeah. it, he goes, mm-hmm. you're just tired after. He goes, it was great time. Hope they're buying but the you're meat. Just tired. Hope they're buying the meat for you. But yeah, you had, we you, didn't have to supply any of that. Right, cool. But you said something <laughs> very interesting that you're a pellet head. <clears throat> oh yep. yeah. Now, is there a reason behind that, or you know? Uh, obviously, with barbecue, you know, you have the traditionalists who, you know, all oh, pellets, you know, you, you know, easy cookers and, you know, set it, forget it type things. Easy bake ovens. 
but you know, I, I f- clearly admit I was at the very when I first started. You know, I was in that mind frame. Mm-hmm. But the more and more research and did more, more and more people I did, you know, I'm like, eh, not so much. And I was saying to Greg today, I go, this conversation could pretty much end the whole pellet cooking and barbecue argument. Well, when you see guys like him and my audio is cutting. Some reason when you see guys like him and also you know the uh, pellet envy Rod Gray Rod yeah um, it proves you wrong almost when you think oh you know you can't turn out good barbecue on a, on a mm. pellet but it really isn't just the vessel there's so much more that goes into it that I'm I'm learning and seeing guys like yourself crush it on, and, a, on a pellet and when with uh, with the discussion we were having the other day about it he's like well why why do you say that I'm like you. You're really using the pellets, as in charcoal and wood, as BTUs, Mm -hmm. as a heat source. That pellet grill is not telling you how much rub to put on, Mm. how much fat to trim off, when to put your protein on, when to take it off, when to wrap wrap it, when to unwrap it, when to spritz. How long to let it rest. You know, that's pure knowing your cooker being (laughs) a pit master. Do you agree with that statement? That's exactly right. That's exactly what we do. And so we call it pit mastering. And it's no different than if you're going to turn in or use great big logs or little bitty logs. Okay. Mm. My vessel of cooking is with the little bitty logs. And I have an electronic auger that turns it. But it doesn't know how to turn it until I tell it what to do. And then it goes into everything you just spoke of. Mm-hmm. Does it take out the elements that you would say the traditionalist think is fair or unfair? Well, if we want to talk fair and unfair, let's get rid of these metal casings that everybody's using. Let's dig a hole in the ground. Let's get some sticks and proper cr- against it. Now we're barbecuing traditional. Yep. Okay. Now we've all evolved. Um, if you're listening to this, you've evolved from rotary phones to internet. What do you like? Um, if you if if you're into the barbecue, you've evolved from cooking at home for family and friends and going for fifty cents on a dollar when you're trying to compete. You've evolved into that. We evolved with work. We evolved with everything. Do do we all like it? No. There's some things about evolution that none of us are crazy about, um, but this is here, and it is another way of adding good food. Is it better? Uh, no. Is it easier? No, it's not. Because I have to secure a 100% secure electric to where you don't. If electric goes out, you're not in trouble. I am. Is there benefits to it? Yes, there's benefits to it. And it's not any different than yours. If the wind's blowing hard, it changes us just like it changes you. If it's raining, it changes us just like it changes you. There's no difference. We pick our wood just like you pick yours. Yep. And it's sad that the sand is draw, line, lines drawn in the sand that way, but it is. Uh, there's no difference. There's really not. You've got to master your pit. Pick whatever pit you want to cook on and master your pit, master your protein, and master your turn-in boxes for competition. That's another element. So if you are the best at any of that, I want to beat the best at whatever they are. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. So another question is, what are the pits you're cooking on? You know, what brand, what type? They are FEC 100s. They are Fast Eddies by Cook Shack. They're made in Punk City, Oklahoma. I cook on two of the 100s, and I cook on their pellet grill. It's called a PG 500. Okay. Those are the three main cookers I cook in in competition. So the pellet grill. I have like a had hot- a Yoder. I've had a Traeger. And I've liked all of them. And for different reasons, I've just, I've, I've went to the PG 500 grill. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I carried a drum around for a long time. Um, loved it. It cooked some great food. Great food, yeah. I just prefer the way some of this other stuff works for my system. It, my system's my system. Yours is yours. Not saying yours is wrong. Not saying mine's right. I'm just saying it works for my system. And my system starts from how I trim my meat, what I choose for my meat. It works for my system. And that's what it's all about. You got to get something that works and stick with it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Do you add a, do you, do you find that your pellets, um, you know, your pellet grills add enough smoke? Uh, do you add a pellet, uh, tube to any of your vessels at all to add additional smoke? I know some I pe- pellet it, guys do that. I, yeah, I add uh, the tube mm-hmm. to my burn ends and my butts. Okay. All right, cool. Good. When application you know, presents itself. And, you know, as far as, you know, cooking on a, um, on a, on a pellet cooker, mm-hmm. pellet smoker, you know, however, I think the, uh, at least with you, David, the, the, uh, the proof is in the pudding. Absolutely. Uh, you know, these, these, you know, I got, I got three dates here of, um, you know, a couple, um, I guess you would call them, uh, you know, backyard events, you know, 2012, uh, world barbecue champion, uh, a 2018 Jack Daniels grand champion. Sick. 2018 Reserve Grand American Royal. You know, those are nothing to, <laughs> you know, little backyard competitions right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's little ones. Little ones, you know. What what were the experiences of getting those calls? Because those, those are the granddaddies of them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... We'll start with the 2012. That was held out in Las Vegas. We cooked in a back parking lot of um, the Paris uh, Hotel. Yep. The casino and hotel. There was about, I think, 80, 90, maybe 100 barbecue teams from all over the country were there. I mean, they came in from everywhere. Hmm. And I remember, and sauce was a category at that one. And to see, chicken was not. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken was not a category, but sauce counted as a category. Hmm. And we got, I don't remember the actual placings we got, but at the awards that evening, we were sitting there and they says, okay. And they named them all the way down to top 10. And they says, we're not going to name who wins what. We just want these folks to, and we had to go up to the front out on Las Vegas Boulevard. They moved us from the back lot to Las Vegas Boulevard to announce the winners. And we're sitting there, and we, we knew we was in the top ten, but we didn't know where. And they were going down through it, and they got to – it was Reserve Grand. They named Reserve Grand. And my younger brother, who lives in Amarillo, Texas, we picked him up on the way. He's shaking my arm, beating me up, going, my God, you won. You. I looked at him. I said, Joe, no, I didn't. I said, dude, that was just now third place. And he looks at me, and then they name us first. And he's like, no, dude, that was second. <laughs> I didn't even realize we were the only ones left. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, it was, it was just that surreal. Then we won it. We got up there. We had to go on to a second stage of cooking where we went against the sandwich champion, chili champion, different ones like that. Then at one o'clock in the morning, we had to pick up our stuff and move over to a parking lot in, in front of Caesar's Palace. We had to park over, we had to move and park there, which we were already cooking because they told us we had to cook this or this, but something that we just finished. So we chose briskets and spare ribs. I took an extra brisket just out of pure luck. But I didn't take any extra ribs. So we're sitting up on stage and they hand me the mic and says, is there anything you like to ask any or tell anybody out here? And I went, I need ribs. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, huh? And I'm like, I have no ribs for tomorrow. (laughs) And I mean, the barbecue community came out of it. I bet when we got back to the trailer there, we had 20, 25 different slabs of ribs staring at us. Here, take this, take this. It was, it was unreal. It really was great. Yep. And the American Royal, um, that was before the Jack. We were sitting there and we, we had a good cook. We thought we had a good cook. What heck we had a good year that year. There was nothing wrong with our year. We'd won seven or eight grands and so we had a good year. We were sitting there. We went to the Royal having fun, went through the um, invitational, had a good cook. This didn't turn out right as far as points. Anyway, we went to the open. We got a couple calls and we liked it. We, I mean, that's one of the only places you can get a perfect score in chicken and be in fourth place. There was that many perfect scores oh, in chicken. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Anyway, we reserved it. And, you know, the GOAT, Iowa Smokey D's, Darren Worth, they won the American Royal. And we're sitting there, and it's like, 
man, I told him, I said, dude, I screwed up my, my brisket. I, I did this and that. He said, oh man, you'll get her down. I was like, yeah, well, we went to the Jack. I won it. He reserved it. Oh, and afterward. <laughs> yeah. It was a, just a, a flip. flip. And both of them was less than a half a point. Both contests. Oh, half man. a point flip. Yes. Wow. And Darren says, man, I screwed up my pork butt here. And I says, oh my God. What? I mean, we were just couldn't believe it. Was where we were again. And he told me this. He says, "Will do. It's your turn to put up with these folks. I'm going to go have a drink." <laughs> <laughs> and he left to go get something to drink, and I'm sitting there having to do all the the TVs and all that stuff because it is the Jack. Yep. And the surreal part was when we were sitting in our chairs, and there is we think. You know how you're doing at a contest. You're you're playing it down in your head. Hey, so and so's had three calls. You've got two. Man, they should be ahead of you. And they went through third. They got to second, and they named that. And Martin and I sitting there, and we took some. My son-in-laws went with us, and a couple of really close friends. And they got down to the to announce the grand. And Martin, and I was looking at each other, and I'm like, Yeah, we named off two or three different people. We're like, Man, they had three calls. There's they're in it still. Mm-hmm. And a, a really good friend of ours here from Oklahoma that got to go cook, he got up out of his chair and come walking over. And I said, Scott, don't you say a word. Don't you? And he got right back behind me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he said, come on, dude, you got this. I said, Scott, don't you say a word. And when they announced it, everything just blows up. Yep. That's the only way to, 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 yeah. to say it. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's clapping. The group you're with goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know my brother Martin at all, he never goes to the stage. He went to the stage at the Royal. That's probably only the second time. And at the Jack, I grab him and, dude, listen. I mean, I'll 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 call a plum a plum. Dude, tears were rolling as we're walking to the front. Everything just releases. It's yeah. just in you and it's coming out. We're going to the front. It's just like wow, that is that is crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. But that. That was a really fun win. It really was. Yeah. And you see a video of, of yourself after walking up there and you're like, is that really me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is, that's incredible. You know, what, man, we're running out of time. And there is one section, one thing I do want to do, but we hadn't even got into, you know, obviously right here I have your steak and brisket rubs and get into. I don't know if you've seen me try that. Yeah, so what do you think? <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome, right? That you brought that for me? Is that what? The hell no. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Just put this over here. But David, <laughs> do you? Did, there is one thing I wanted to do, and I don't know how this is going to go over. Oh, here we go. Do you believe that imitation is the number one form of flattery? Imitation? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we so all got to learn something from somebody. I just placed an order with Butcher Barbecue for a injector. <laughs> So if you can reach into that cabinet behind you and inject yourself with some barbecue butcher, oh, butcher barbecue truth serum, <laughs> I got a couple quick questions for you. Now, you, I, you I know the it. rules. I don't have to explain the rules to you. Yeah. So Coke or Pepsi products? Coke. Coke. <laughs> sock, sock or sock shoe guy? Ooh. Sandal sock. Oh, twisted, okay. twisted. Okay. House on fire. You have to choose one rub and one cooker. What's it going to be? Grilling addiction. That's to me. That's a given. And probably my PG five hundred. Awesome, awesome. Right. And the only reason I'm doing this is because I know for a fact it has only been turned on him once. Before yep. in the history of his podcast. <laughs> and the last one, if you could have lunch with anybody, who would it be? It'd have to be my dad. Amen, I've said that before. That it would absolutely have to be my my dad. Yep. Yep. Amen to that. Amen to that for sure. For sure. Yep. Well, David, thank you, brother. Absolutely. I truly appreciate it. It's truly an honor to speak to you. Like I said. You are one of the inspirations for me to start, you know, start my barbecue career and, you know, my hobby or 
addiction, whatever you want to call it. Both. Want to call it both? Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, we're, obviously we're going to have to do another episode because yep. we need to get into the all the array and lines of rubs, sauces, injections, injectors, yep. all the gadgets, and everything. But David. Thank you, brother. I Absolutely. truly appreciate this. Thank you so much, man. It's been an honor for sure. And I hope you don't mind that we're definitely going to ask you to come back. I would be honored, and I'd say let's get on it. Awesome. All right. Sounds we'll, good, man. We'll go get this book for part two. <laughs> awesome, David. Thank good you. Stuff. Hang Thanks, on David. one second. Yep. Well, that's it this week, folks. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Catch the uh, audio wherever podcasts are found. You can catch the video on Facebook and YouTube. On YouTube, hit and subscribe button and notification bell. You'll have all our episodes right there at your fingertips. On social media, find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram at Pit Life BBQ, and also... Hey, check me out at The Barbecue Broker on Instagram. I also have a uh, Facebook page and our awesome group, New England Pit Masters on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our hoodies. We have a hoodie order going until Friday. New England Pit Master hoodies. Go to the page, go to our Facebook group and check it out if you want one. And the Pit Life BBQ community page has been blowing up it has constantly so So, you know thanks thank you guys you know spread the word you guys are awesome questions and comments Mm -hmm. please send them to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com and like always subscribe like rate and review hit that share button absolutely you know you guys are awesome but uh happy new year everybody happy new year we're back i told you we're ready to kick this door in this year and you know with david we're going right from the top and we're, we're gonna the big things I got. We're going to stay at the top. We're going to stay at the top. <laughs> Next week, tune in. Yeah. We have Mr. Steele from Barbecue Champs Academy, Academy. Yep. joining us. Get David himself has videos, Robbie Royal, amongst others. In all, It's a tell all um, video series on the internet. You get your own. Yep. Uh, login information and uh, they spill all the beans so uh, don't forget tune in next week for great that Absolutely. but uh, so. until that keep the smoke rolling you've got it guys the views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates